and welcome to our post-show Q&A. It's great that you came to see our show and this time we get a bit of a chance to have a bit of a natter. Uh, as the cast, let's reintroduce ourselves, hey? My name is Deshaun Phillips. Uh, I played uh, Whitechapel, mostly. Yes. And I'm Christelle. I'm Christelle and I played the woman. Yes, that's right. I'm Shirley Hood and I played Chapel, which is great. And I'm also director of this show. Woohoo! Yes, it's been a really fun and interesting season and it's very heavy material that we're actually speaking about. And that's a great thing that when you came into the company, what did you think when you were looking at the two, the two books we were looking at? The novella and the play. How did that make you feel, Deshaun? Uh, well, uh, the, I was always very interested. I'd just finished doing a show um, called Big House Dreaming about Aboriginal youth incarceration written by Declan and uh, I was intimately familiar with the struggle um, and then when this show came along, Seven Stages of Grieving after reading it, I thought it was a phenomenal uh, story that has spanned, what, 25 odd years? Mm. Um, and to then also include a comparison study to American slavery, which really sort of ties in together the black struggle or, you know, the minority struggle in most countries in today's day and age. Uh, and being Sri Lankan and Tamil, it also felt like there were parallels through all uh, experiences and there were similarities. So I feel honoured and humbled that I was asked to be a part of it. Yes, fantastic. And so important to tell these stories. So important. Yes. And across, uh, across the world, how did you feel about coming in to these? Well, yeah, um, as Deshaun said, like, I'm real happy that I got the opportunity to be a part of this as well. Um, I was also just recently part of a play called Nyonk, which was talking about the stolen generation and intergenerational trauma. Um, so coming out from that and into this, I was already sort of, you know, had the strength to carry on the stories of telling, you know, people about the struggles that our mob go through um, and then with the longest memory also um, as Deshaun said that it's just yeah put together so well and yeah I've just been um, yeah the, the effects of trauma and death loss grief the importance of family what we talk about throughout the play family. it just yeah, yeah family is so important um, that's right and and I did see I did see that running through the the whole play, importance of family and memory, mm -hmm. really important. I mean, um, memory seems to play a big part of our lives. Yeah, I come from a place where having had to migrate multiple times because of the war, um, sometimes you have to try and forget certain things because you've got to leave the past behind. But then the older you get, I found that there was this sense of needing to re introduce myself to my old culture because I had dismissed it and tried to fit into the new and then it wasn't until I got older and more intimately familiar with the universal struggle uh, that I felt it was important to understand where it is that I came from and then sort of recreating a map for my memory and seeing how important that was for me and my identity. Yes, fantastic. And so around the world, and especially between these two locations in these books, uh, America and Australia, did you find they had the strong parallels? Oh yeah, and considering, you know, with the Black Lives Matter that happened last year, 
and the eternal struggle of, you know, the George Floyd n not being able to breathe and to know that a lot of uh, your mob also go through uh, constant battles with uh, being put in such positions. Absolutely. Uh, we have massive issues with death in custody, mm -hmm. deaths in custody and uh, Aboriginal people being locked up. Mm -hmm. And I think it does reflect over the different years. Mm. You know, it's uh, very interesting to see. Because what is it, the 30 year anniversary of the first um, commission into deaths in custody? Well, it is actually the 50th. 50th. Yeah, we're coming up to the 50th. Uh, John Pat was in 1983, was the first um, case where it brought the Royal Commission. Mm -hmm. And it has been that long. Mm -hmm. And since then we have lost 477 more people mm -hmm. in police and some custody. This year yeah, as well, right? Yeah, we've had like five, mm -hmm. seven this year. Yeah. Yeah, so it's still a subject that's really quite sensitive and volatile here. Mm -hmm. So it's. It, it, did you find that this piece helped you uh, be able to talk about that issue? Um, I mean, it's, it's nothing new to me what I hear, especially with the story of a brother. Um, when I'm presenting Nana's story, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's all relatable to me and it's nothing, um, nothing new that I've not heard before, but it's also, it's also a different feeling when you're actually sharing it out. Mm. So, um, yeah. That's right, no, and it's really important because just with theatre and storytelling, it's really important to be able to use this voice and device to get through to all the schools around and to educate as many people as we can. Mm. Uh, just having a look, Howard, you said about Nana's story. Mm. What was it like when you read the monologue? Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, I think that's what, um, before we, dis we discussed the, the role and the play, and I thought when you sent the script through, I was like, wow. I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, this is beautiful. I loved, I loved reading Nana's story, and I think that's what kind of said yes. I want to do this, mm -hmm. I want to share these stories, I want to get out there and yeah, so yeah, I, I thought it's a beautiful piece that just relates to me so much. I've lost my nana and um, yeah, just getting the family together with all the big feeds and all this and you know, it just brought me back home and I miss home back on Noongar country and yeah. And th these stories, like you said in theatre, like we also got to look after ourselves and make sure our spirit is you know, good because these stories, they're, they're truth. They're, they're the truth and we're telling them. Mm. And so we also got to be mindful that, yeah, these aren't, these aren't, yeah, they're, they're truth. They're, they're real stories, like, you know. Yes. So yes. we are storytellers. 65,000 years. Yeah. That's right. And, and it's, it, it is fantastic. I mean, um, going over um, our history, it also teaches a bit about a past our historical, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, historical sort of background. Um, did you find that Seven Stages, did you learn anything from that as an Aboriginal theatre text? Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm learning every day. I've lived in this country for 21 years and it's only really in the last uh, couple of years that I've really come to appreciate that um, I need to actually participate in the understanding of the land and the stories within the land because, 
you know, I come from a culture where a lot of our history, Sri Lankan Tamil history, was burnt to the ground as a way of sort of destroying our past and our heritage. And because a lot of us left the country, we are also forced into a position where we have to adapt into new systems and new cultures. And so what tends to happen is we tend to sort of suppress a lot of the stories. So when it comes to talking to my mum and dad about what happened to them when they were younger, they don't even like talking about it because the trauma is so deep. So when it comes to, you know, understanding First Nations storytelling and the power of storytelling, because ultimately, you know, we have a choice of either picking up a gun or telling a good bloody yarn. And if you tell a good yarn, it can be as powerful. And Seven Stages of Grieving and a lot of the Aboriginal stories, I feel like, have the capacity to really invoke that revolutionary sense of pride and um, passion for your own people. And that's, I think, testament to why it is that you've lasted one of the, you are the oldest continuous culture in the world. That's why. That's right. We can do the oldest and the newest styles. Fantastic. And, and fantastic that, that you see that, Deshaun, and that, and I hope a lot of people sort of follow you, that style because I think it, um, when people open up and see stories from Aboriginal, original Australia, then um, I think it makes everybody's lives a little more open to what's happening with this country. Mm. I think what you guys also, what I say you guys, um, but one of the things with Seven Stages of Grieving, specifically from referring to that, is you have the capacity that uh, Wesley Enoch and Deborah Mailman, the way that they wrote this, there's so much humour through the storytelling and it's like such deep bruising that you can actually still laugh at. And because you laugh, there's that old adage, you know, if you're laughing, you're learning. And it's so, so true. If you can tell a story so well that people are entertained and amused by it, then it allows you to remember that. So that really is very powerful work. Yes, yes, it is fantastic. And that's what I loved about the contrast with the novella and mm. the novella, Longest Memory and Seven Stages of Grieving. There was a difference between the sort of sense of human, uh, sense of humour mm -hmm. and sense of expression. Mm. They had two different very different ways of expressing and yeah. telling us these stories. Mm -hmm. What was it like um, delivering, like, uh, Murray Gets a Dress? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've been in all those situations too, so it felt like I was just telling a proper yarn that's, um, that I've been living since I was pretty much able to walk <laughs> and yes. speak. But, that's um, right. yeah. Because it, 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 really, um, it really is a very, racist poem yeah and you're talking about all these very traumatic things that happen in everyday life mm -hmm. which does happen every day still today people mm. yeah and so it's so wonderful that um that that you're talking this out loud and it's done in such a fine uh, humorous kind of mm. way mm. And us black followers, we got that humour, you know, mm. like <laughs> you just say, Disha, like, yeah, we're, we're able to put that humour in that, but we're also telling the story. And I mean, especially for, for you mob, like watching, like, you don't actually realise, like, wow, this is actually talking about the racism that's actually going on. But I'm actually, you know, saying, I'm um, performing Murray Gets a Dress and yeah, it's just, 
it's crazy how how uh, well it's lovely how it's written um crazy how it's still going on today it's just yeah absolutely and it is it's something that we have to look at and it is about like one of the themes too power and resistance power and class control mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i mean sometimes class control they they use those sorts of labels and buzzwords but the fact is it sort of comes down to bullying mm. people think that they can judge and put it over another people which is not right and i think this is a wonderful way for us to be able to get it through to everybody out there nobody likes a bully mm -hmm. nobody would like to be in the place of those slaves and having to put up with that type of treatment mm -hmm. continually and i mean you know america ended up um because that play the longest memory was set in 1810 mm -hmm. 50 years later there was the civil war, uh, civil war mm -hmm. which just spoke about the unrest mm -hmm. so it was great to see the movement and what was done and and how we sort of get it across and express it to young people yeah yeah i always feel like you know you've got to treat people how you would like to be treated mm -hmm. that's right that's right peeps you have to treat people the way you would like to be treated. We're so happy that you that you came to our post quick yarn. Mm -hmm. Are there any last thoughts you'd like to say to everybody out there? I think everything that this both these um, this play Seven Stages of Grieving and uh, the Longest Memory is talking about it still exists in our world today. In and it takes very different shapes and forms. Um, the largest incarcerated culture in the world lives in this country. And one of the largest incarcerated population of the planet is in the States. And most of them are black. So everything that we're talking about, that we're telling story about, it lives on today. So unless we change the psychology of the way we look at this, it's all going to stay the same. That's right. Really important. We need movement for change. Let's go, Christelle. I just want to put on the top of that is just keep educating yourself. Yes. About the First Nations people of this land. That's right, and it's very important. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I would like to say that make sure you get out there and tell your story. We have got lots to learn off each other, and we can always keep walking across bridges, which will get us closer together. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Brr.